Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Two Bros. Different Mo's. Alright, this is episode four. Cuatro. <laughs> and we're just gonna get into episode four because that it became about very organically. It's basically just an extension of a conversation that we were kinda having just talking to each other on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, we need to sit down and press record here. Yeah. Um and so yeah, this is a this is a two part series. Oh yeah, two there, parts. There's a follow up episode after this that'll come out in a couple of days. So, for those of you who are listening, keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll probably end up doing more stuff like this in the future. I would imagine, uh, keeping them short and sweet, and just putting out more than a couple of episodes uh, on a particular topic. Yeah. So. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Yeah, hit us up at our Gmail account, 2brosdiffmos at gmail.com. And you can find and us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at 2brosdiffmos. Yeah. And Facebook. We got a Facebook group uh, that's 2brosdiffmos on Facebook. All right, yeah, so, so enjoy this episode. And hey, uh, here we, we go. go. Okay. So what were we talking about? We were talking about the conversation with my boss. Oh, yeah, working from home, right? Like... Yeah, I think that's crazy. You know, like, what, do you just want me to pick up something and just sanitize it? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Because they just want to see you working. Yeah, they just want you to be busy. Yeah. And it's like, why? Basically, I mean, I from a a business standpoint, I absolutely get it. Because if I'm paying you, then, yeah, I want you to be working every... Every minute, so paying but you then, for. but then my argument is like, my boss isn't paying me. The hospital is paying me. Yeah, and I I completely get that argument, but that's not how she sees it. I mean, you, it's when you get to that uh, supervision level, like there is totally a different way of thinking, and I believe that you, you know, after working in that position for a while, you have to become adapted to that way of thinking uh and that way of thinking to become adapted i mean yeah if you're going to survive in that position because you think yeah in in certain uh industries is is a survivability based on somebody else not agreeing with it or what do you mean you think like your supervisor's boss is it because your supervisor's boss wants you to tell your employees to do these things because as a supervisor or a manager um you know, again, what I'm, how, how does it benefit you? What, you know, if somebody at the end of the day is going to come through here and their job is to clean everything off Mm -hmm. and your census is low, if, if you know that it's slow as hell around here all the time Mm -hmm. and you hired me to do a job, which was be a nurse and recover these patients. And now you're telling me that my job is to also become like a cleaning man. Like, what? This is no, that's not in my job description, right? Like, I'm not saying, like, when it comes to wiping things down, you know, because it's a hospital, mm-hmm. I'll, we wipe the beds down, we wipe cables down, these types of things. I consider that part of my job. But if there's mm-hmm. not a patient out here to be taken care of, that is not my fault that you don't have work for me to do. Creating work for me to do is also not your job, right? So to think that I'm not earning a paycheck or you are uncomfortable or don't like that I'm being paid to wait to do work, to wait for you to produce work for me, you just say, start scrubbing things. Like, 
is that really acceptable? Why don't you have more work for me to do and then I'll do what I'm paid to do as opposed to like literally just walking around and, and wiping things down. I didn't go to school for four years to fucking scrub, I don't know, random tables and shit. Like mm-hmm. bed bedside tables, just walk around and screw, just clean them all off with a Clorox wipe. Did somebody, you know, again, these patients aren't hacking up or coughing or doing anything. This was even before. This is even before COVID times, mm-hmm. right? This wasn't just. This isn't just because of a possible infectious thing. From day one, it's like super slow. Just take a take a like an alcohol swab and just start scrubbing things. I don't know, like find something on the floor, wipe a table down, or oh, that's what they uh, like asked you to do. Just like r- random, yeah. Mm. You know, I mean. I would say it's different for certain situations, but the the whole thing where people say like um that's not in my job description and things like that like mm-hmm. I believe that but to a certain extent because I definitely will call myself a team player. Like I don't know if it's because of the field that I'm in that it's uh I feel like it's imperative for you to be a team player because you're going to need someone's help one day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like you're always scratching each other's backs. Um, but then also, I don't know. I like being at work. Um, and I think that's like no matter what job I have, uh, because I just love interacting with people. Like mm-hmm. as long as I'm doing that um, and whether that's my coworkers or my clients, I enjoy it. And so, it really it doesn't bother me to do things that may not be in my job description but then also i think there's only so far that i'm gonna go with that like y'all probably rub down it like scrub down a table because um it doesn't mean anything for me to do that like it doesn't like if i am bored and i'm and i'm sitting around it's not gonna bother me to do that does it i guess maybe part of what bothers me because i mean like I've done it before again, mm-hmm. like thinking about it, hearing you say it, I'm like, of course it doesn't really bother me. Right. But you're getting mad at me because I'm not just inherently doing it. Right. Not because you ask me to, if you ask me to, I will do it reluctantly. But you know, okay. it's like I walked up on you and you were sitting on a stool. Why aren't you just find something to do? do oh, that's something. what she said to you. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, so this is what I'm saying. I'm like, give me work to do uh, again. If she asked me to do it, I would do it. I think it's bullshit, mm-hmm. 100%, right? Like, don't have me just do random menial things because you don't like me sitting down waiting to take care of patients, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know. I, I think know. it's just that they want to see you, what they feel like, go go that extra mile and do things that, like... Because, yeah, supervisors and uh, managers, I think, I believe, do expect that for you to... Uh, do things that I don't ask you to do or to basically do, <laughs> and this is crazy to say it, uh, but to basically do what I'm asking to you, asking you to do like in my head. Right. But what I haven't actually voiced to you yet. Read my fucking mind. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I do like supervisors do, do, uh, do like that. Is that not insane? Does that sound a little insane? It It is insane because it's terrible communication. Yeah. Um, and for you to be a supervisor and not have uh, those kind of communication skills, because 
if you do not say what you want to be done, then people won't know it. Um, but I have I always have. been like I, I love to be that type of person, though. I just because I do like working and I love to be the best person in the room. Yeah. So I do love to like um, do things without you asking. But like um, with me already knowing that you, you know, like yeah. I, I want to be able to do it before you ask me to do. So when you see that I do it, like you start to understand that I'm reliable and like then you don't have to ask me questions because you won't you won't have to uh, it at, at one point. I feel like it will not become something where you will have to guess it anymore. Like you just Nothing know that gonna, I'm that guy. Yeah, that's going to always get shit done. Yeah, like because I don't I'm the same way. I hate when fucking people uh, talk to me at work like my supervisors or my managers like tell me something that's negative or bad mm. um i hate that shit so much and it's not because i feel like i did something bad because nine times out of ten what they're getting on me about I already know i did it so i'm not gonna i'm not upset at them for calling me out on it because that's their job mm -hmm. uh i'm upset more so at myself because i let it get to a point where they called me out on it because usually they never have to call me out on anything. So if it, and then they also know that if I start to like mess up a little bit, they can see that and they'll say, okay, well, I know he'll get it together. So like, they don't really say anything to me about it. Yeah. But then if it gets to a point where they have to say something, then that's when I have a problem with it because that means I've let my shit slip so much mm -hmm. so that like I've become in my eyes, non-reliable to them because they feel like they have to check on my work and like that's how that's how i see it just because and that um comes more so i believe from just me really not like i hate being bothered at yeah. work i hate when like that that type of conversation like that you have to have with your supervisors and shit. Uh -huh. i hate those i have literally asked my supervisor like when i know i'm about to get in trouble I know that you're going to have a conversation with me and then that's going to be followed by a write-up. I have literally, or sometimes not even a write-up. I have literally asked, like, can you like, just write me up? Yeah, yeah. Like, just, let's, let's cut the chase. Yeah. Cut to the chase. Like, can you just do Like, I'll <laughs> sign it. Whatever the fuck you want to. Just, yeah. I don't want to have this fucking conversation right. with you. Like, because first of all, I already know that I did. I know yeah. why you're calling me in here. Yeah. So I don't need you to talk to me about how if, you're disappointed. It, and you know, it would be great. Yeah, yeah. If You know what's funny is it would be great if you felt comfortable just saying that. What, like, uh, will you just write me up? Yeah. I said that. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I literally told my supervisor that. And she laughs at me because she knows that I'm actually dead fucking serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, she, she laughs at me every time because she'll be like, Joshua, like, what? No. Like, what are you talking about? And she'd be like, close the door. And I'm like, oh, like this is, this is Bro, why I'm saying as, write me yeah, up. As soon as we close the door, I'm like, oh, here uh, we yeah. go. Here uh, we go. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. So that's why, that is why it is important for me to always be like, like I said, that guy. Like it's not. To avoid that situation to, specifically. Literally, <laughs> literally to avoid those type of fucking situations. Like, and I mean that to the fucking core because I just don't. I don't like you to. Like, don't talk to me because like i said i already know that i fucked up so yeah. like i don't need you to talk to me about it i don't need you to say anything i know i did it. i probably did yeah. it on purpose because yeah. I, I just mean, didn't feel like doing it or whatever 
So I already what know. If, what if you? Uh, what if you? What do you think would happen if, in those situations, right, where you already know you messed up, and you know that she's gonna call you in, or you know that that's why she's calling you in. Mm-hmm. So what if instead, in the situation where you know that you messed up, the first thing you did is you just message her and you're like, "Yo, this is what happened. I'm just letting you know, so we don't have to have a meeting about it." Nah, my supervisor would still want to. She'd, nah, she'd, just she'd wanna... have it. She'd want to talk to me about that email. <laughs> so like, right. So yeah, I would have to. I feel yeah. like this becomes like an inherent like amount of distrust between a boss or a superior and a. Uh, employee mm-hmm. relationship. Um, well, what becomes a inherent mistrust when you become when you get to that position, right? Like you said, she can't, she doesn't trust you that you can just say, "Hey, yo, I messed up. I send you an email. Yo, I messed up. This happened. I'm I'm gonna fix it. It won't ever happen again." There's no way that that person can be like, "Okay, good on you," and just take your word for it. Well, I think the the thing about it is that. Um, it's not about the it's not about the the trust it is i am i have to bring you in and chew you out because i know that you can like this is easy for you like i know that you can do this why are you fucking up and they have to voice that to you and for for i think for my supervisor most of the time it's probably the only time she'll get on me is if her boss gets on her because of me Okay. So yeah. So if she's she's gonna get yelled at, she's definitely gonna yell at my ass. And I understand that. I don't. I mean, I I do from that perspective. But at the same time, this is the thing. It's where like you're eating a shit sandwich because you feel like you have to, as opposed to like sticking up for the the thing that you inherently know is like there's there's something inside of you that's like, no, this is dumb. Like I'm not gonna like yell at my employee just because you yelled at me or. I'm not going to reprimand them because you think that that this is what's happening, right? Like if for me what I feel like should be the case is for somebody like you, right? As as your supervisor or your manager, if they see and they know that you have a really good work ethic and you do all your stuff, but you made a mistake and then you literally just emailed them and said, "Yo, I made this mistake. This is what happened. It ain't going to happen again, okay? I'm just letting you know." And they can look at that and say, "All right, I trust you." Right? But then her boss finds out about it and they're like you need to do something and reprimand it your boss needs to say yo my boss like head honcho he already talked to me about it i trust him if it happens again then i'll talk to him about it right don't just be the person who's always taking orders from the next person because then it, once those people get to the top it, it's a it's a trickle down fashion right mm-hmm. it's always like i'm i got you under my thumb this much i can dominate you this much i can do this much to you and people who are abused tend to abuse others well i think that's just the that's just the environment like the work environment because um i know especially in my job uh your job can always be on the line like literally you can go to jail <laughs> if, oh, okay yeah, you know sure. if some shit happens and they find that um you were negligent in your job mm-hmm. uh and so me being negligent means she's negligent because literally her job is to oversee basically everything that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fucking reading. Okay. So I can understand that when it comes to like people's lives and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's different in that sense. So that's why most of the time, most of the time that she gets on me, I am very open about like if I fuck up, 
uh, you know, hey, yeah. yeah, I know I did it. Yeah. Like, I am super open about that. Yeah. And <laughs> I actually think sometimes that may irritate her a little bit. I don't know if it does, but I feel like it might because I am. Like, I, I will, I own my shit, like, 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it's, it's the, the crazy thing about that is it's hard for me when I'm messing up at work. I am that type of person mm-hmm. that is on top of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I told you recently about the what happened when the uh-huh. that shit. My supervisor said that when she found out it happened and she found out whose uh, case it was for and she found out that it was my case, she was like, oh, thank God. And at first I was like, why would you, yeah, like, why? Why would you say that? <laughs> and she was saying it in... Uh, a sense of, I guess, like, um, what would you call it? Like a self-preservation, uh, because oh, like she was gonna be okay. Because yeah, it was because you. she knew that she knew that because it was my case, she knew that she everything gonna was gonna be. Catch as much shit. Yeah, she yeah. didn't catch any. They actually yeah. were like, my documentation was phenomenal and oh, all this okay. type of shit. So when she said it, because she was like, no, I don't mean it like that. Uh, which I didn't think she she's would relieved. have. Yeah, she she's, was relieved yeah. that it was my case because she's like, well, I know it's going to be like, I don't have anything to worry yeah. about. And so when, and that that is how, that's the type of work I like to like produce. Her. Yeah, yeah, because I need you to know that. That is, that right there, her saying that told me that she trusts me. Mm-hmm. I'm reliable to her, you know, and basically I'm an asset. So. You know, I had this thought earlier. It might have been on the way home. Uh, comparing, I feel like uh, there is a, a horrible stereotype that, like, just non-white people are not hard workers. Oh, okay. Right? That mm-hmm. all non-white people are lazy or looking for some sort of thing, right? Or they mm-hmm. don't have great worth ethic, work ethic, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think about this, and then I'm like, these people, anybody who thinks this is just out of their mind, right? Because I literally compare myself. When I have these interactions with my boss, I can't help but question myself like, yo, am I 100%? Am I in the wrong here? Like, mm-hmm. what is happening? Should I be doing these things? Mm-hmm. Like, am I really messing up? Is there something wrong with me? This, mm-hmm. is, this is what goes through my head, um, you know? And then I see, and then I drive home, and then I see, like, people working outside right we stood outside for five minutes earlier and it's like and i was i don't want to be out here for five minutes bro you know what i mean like i'm i'm privileged in the sense that i get to work in air conditioning all day Mm -hmm. long if anything it's like ridiculously cold in the hospital so i don't even sweat walking to my car because my body temperature drops by like four degrees anyway so (sighs) you know so like i have these thoughts in my head and i'm like i realize What's funny is I, you know, what's funny. This is, this is crazy. I'm just having this realization. Uh, I've told so many stories in my life where I was like, dude, I've been super lucky, super, super lucky, like with not getting arrested or like not getting caught in horrible situations. Uh, I would say blessed. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. This is where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. My perception has always been, dude, I've gotten away with so much shit. I've Mm -hmm. been so lucky, right? Like, who would have thought? And now, it literally in this moment, I'm time in this at this moment in time, <laughs> I'm realizing I'm like, this is your white privilege, 
really like it's just happening to you throughout your entire life yeah well i feel maybe it played it i would say it definitely played a factor for sure like a very large factor for sure very huge factor. i had the realization when i was younger that i probably got away with a lot of things or in certain situations just because people thought i was cute or they thought i was you know somewhat more attractive than whoever they normally looked at mm-hmm. right even in like like one one scenario this obviously I, I i don't know maybe maybe this could apply who knows but this is just an example of me feeling like i get away with a lot of things mm-hmm. on my last clinical rotation on my first rotation in nursing school mm-hmm. i had this doc i had this guy's name was dr sharp dr sharp was kind of a hard ass he was very strict you know he was tough on you like even in even in he could like see or sense your apprehension or your, you know, any amount of nervousness because you're not sure what you're talking about right here. And you're trying to like, you know, uh, live up to whatever this like drill sergeant's standards are. He was sharp. Right. He was sharp. (laughs) And, uh, on our last clinical rotation, he took us all out on a balcony or whatever at the, at the hospital or whatever we were. And he goes, okay, we're going to go around and each one of you is going to explain to me and talk to me about your entire night because we were doing night shift. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, and we'll talk about what you did and all these things. And there were times when I was at clinicals where it was like, I don't like, what the fuck am I supposed to be doing here? Like, I don't know. Because they'd be like, go find a nurse, go find a nurse and find somebody to follow. And it's like, this is very unsettling. Like, I think what they should do is let these nurses know ahead of time that yeah. somebody is coming and that you need to like help them. Right? Why the fuck is that not the order of operations as opposed to go find a stranger that you don't know and tell them everything about you and that you need to follow them. Yeah. And then if they say it's okay that you follow them, then you can. But if they don't want you to, then you know, then don't. And just to be fair, fair warning, most of them probably won't want you to follow them. About <laughs> all of them. Yeah. So when I, at my last job, Whenever we had students that would come in, mm-hmm. I talked to them all the time. Oh, that's good. I was like, "Yo, come here! I will. I'm gonna talk your fucking ear off." That's yeah. what I did to them. Every you think second. more nurses would do that? Nurses are notorious for eating their young, mm. and which is uh, <laughs> dumbfounding to me in a field in which you are always short-staffed. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing your best to? Like weed out the weaklings, so That's to speak, funny. or it's some shit same, like that. It's the same with with us. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, it's like instead of just like seeing who can float, why mm-hmm. don't you teach everybody how to swim? Exactly. You know, so um, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Somehow I was able to get away. And Doctor Sharp would walk around and sit in corners and like watch people and shit, and you wouldn't even know he was there. This dude is fucking overweight. I, I remember one something that he said to me that I thought was fucking hilarious was he goes, I love a cheeseburger. I'm all about a cheeseburger, man. This is what he said that I'll never forget. I could eat a cheeseburger every minute on the minute. Bring me a cheeseburger. Oh, okay. Dr. Sharp. <laughs> right. Wow. You know, so he loved the burgers. So needless to say, the man was a little thick. Um, And so, but like I said, he was like a ninja. He would, you would just turn around and he would like be there and you're like, what the fuck, right? (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. And so he'd always be like watching and doing things. So at the end of the night, it's like three o'clock in the morning or something like that. We all go sit on this patio. He goes, you're all going to go one by one and you're all going to tell me like what you did this evening and how you helped somebody and what you learned and all these things. And I'm like, I got fucking nothing, nothing. 
and Dr. Sharp is very sharp, and he's going to be on you. And he's, even as you're telling your story, he'll tell you, like, where you fucked up or why didn't you do something. Like, okay. Oh, wow. He goes, you, 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 this person, this person, next person, this person, and just magically skips over me. Seriously? Just doesn't ask me. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, he skipped over me, but he's got, like, two or three more people left. And he didn't come back. And like I said, Dr. Sharp, he is sharp in in. Yeah, because it's like you know he probably noticed that your ass ain't do nothing. Maybe. <laughs> so maybe he. I mean, maybe he, he was, was like watching like that. Right, he, but also it, it feels like that's not some shit that Doctor Sharp would do. He's yeah. gonna call you out. He's gonna make you look like an idiot or feel so like a dummy. Feel like, so you feel like it's white privilege. Not necessarily in that situation. In that situation okay. But there have definitely been instances where I've gotten pulled over by the cops and I've talked back to him mm-hmm. and didn't get tickets at all. Stuff like that. You know, or just getting, I mean, you know, there are so many like weird little minor things that I couldn't even imagine to bring up. But like, that's, those are situations like the Dr. Sharp thing where I'm like, yo, I'm real lucky. But then also it happens with cops. Yo, I'm real lucky. Or like, I'm living at my parents' house and uh, one of my ex girlfriend, my girlfriend at the time, was over and we were messing around. I was working two jobs at that time. Mm-hmm. And so I would come home from work in the afternoon at like three. And then I would eat dinner or I would eat like a early dinner and then take a nap mm-hmm. because I had to be at work at 10 p.m. And I work from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. And then I had to go back to work the next day. I would just work two jobs like all the time. And so she would sneak into the house when I would get off of my first job. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she would come over and we'd like, you know, we'd mess around with my parents like still being there because my parents knew I was going to my other job. Don't come and wake me up. Oh, I need okay. to go sleep because yeah. I'm gonna be up all night. So don't don't mess with me. And I'm sure you drill that shit home. <laughs> <laughs> so there there was one time where we were you know her and I were going at it and my like we just stopped and it was like sixth sense type of thing. It was like mm. and she was like what I was like get up and stand behind the door and she's like what I was like get up and stand behind the door right now and she gets up and she stands there and my stepdad boom he busts open the door he's like. He's like, hey, and I like sat up real quick, and then he's like, what, like, what are you doing in here? And I was like, what? And he's like, what's going on? Like, I'm hearing noises and shit up here. And I was like, bro, what? I'm, I was like, I'm trying to sleep. And he's like, you sat up real quick. And I was like, because you scared the shit out of me, dude. <laughs> like, oh, you know, I was like, yeah. you bust open the door, and the girl was standing behind the door, and he had opened it, but he didn't like hit her. Yeah. And then he even it was dark in my room, but it was very bright in the hallway. So he even went so far as to like reach behind. He was like looking. He looked in the room. He looked around, and then he even like put his hand behind the door. He to like touch. Oh wall. my goodness, that's crazy! And so you know, the girl's standing there, and my stepdad's hand is like right in front of her face. And so it was just you know, he's like, yeah, all right, I don't know. Like he's like, whatever. I, I heard something going on in here, and I was like, bro, I'm just trying to sleep, man. I got to go to work. And then got away with it. Like it was, you know. That's crazy. And he did he ever know about that? No. If he did, he never told me. That's so funny. Right. There was one instance where... It's like on a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> there was another instance where there was a girl, the girl that I was with, this just happens to be the same girl. Mm. We were messing around in the back of my car mm-hmm. in a neighborhood at like, I don't know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night or something like that. And uh, we're always looking for the headlights of other cars on the roof, at the roof of my car. <laughs> 
So as we're messing around and doing things, it's always like, look, keep an eye out for light. Yeah. Because if you see light, we need to stop and figure some shit out real quick. <laughs> right. So that's how that that was the that was the method. Right. And so it happens. And it's like, yo, the car's coming this way. And it's like, uh, okay, stop. And that's like, yo, the car parked right behind ours. It's like, <laughs> oh, fuck, put our clothes on like immediately. So we put our clothes on and the cop walks up to the door. We happen to get dressed before the cop gets to the car. Uh, and he's like knocking on the, he starts knocking on the, like, the door or whatever. And he's like, uh, you know, open up the door or roll the window down or something. So I'm like trying to do the things. And he's like, he's like, let me see your driver's license. And I'm like, oh, fuck, right? Like, <laughs> so we give, him the th- we give him the driver's license. He's like, all right, get out of here, go home. And we're like, what the fuck? And the next thing we know, there's like a helicopter above. There's like cops start walking out of like the trees and shit. They're like looking for somebody because there was a drive-by shooting nearby. That's crazy. And we didn't know. And so like they were like thought that we might've been this person hiding or something like that. And, uh, but these cops came out of nowhere like, oh my fuck. Like we were just like, you know, messing around in the backseat. And it's like, no, we, you know, we figured out what was going on later. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, it's, um, that is, I do see the difference in that. Like when you talk about getting stopped by a cop, because when you say you can talk back and all this type of stuff, whenever I have ever even seemed like I was going to have like a tense oh. attitude with a police officer, mm-hmm. like the first thing they would say is like, you being disrespectful or like some shit like that. Yeah. And I watched this video once. I forgot who it was, but. He talked about police interactions and how they differ between uh, white people and people who are non-white, specifically black people. Um, And he said, you know, well, black and Latinos. Um, And he said, you know, when it comes to... I feel like I would just chalk everybody on that. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Honestly. Uh, But he said, well, I mean, I was saying in that, um, in the video, he was talking about black and Latinos. Um, but you're right. I I would agree that everyone that's <laughs> not white can go in there. But I do believe there are degrees. Yeah. Um, but he said that uh, the difference is that when it is a white person that is stopped, um, the police officer is uh, more explanatory. Like they're more about telling you why I stopped you, why why you know what I feel like you did wrong or some stuff like that. And yeah. um, he said that when it's with a person that's non-white, the situation is usually about control and about them, you know, it's like, put your hands on the wheel, yeah. you know, or... Domination. Roll the, yeah. Dominating you the know, person. Subjugating. He just talked subjugating. about the yeah. All right, everyone. We hope you enjoyed uh, part one bad episode yeah um let us know what your feelings are uh your experiences when it comes to these types of things yeah how's it been working at home yeah especially now people and their kids at home and all that stuff yeah what's the uh yeah what sort of relationships do you have with your bosses and your coworkers? and uh you know like uh joshua said part one part two is a coming so keep an eye out and uh let us know what you guys think take Take it it easy. easy